0: Hey, Adam, you remember when I used to get a letter like once or twice a week informing me that the credit I applied for had been denied because my uh, account was frozen?
1: I do remember that.
0: My social security number was out there, and there at least one person was trying like like crazy to open new accounts using it.
1: And you never did forgive our friend Herb for asking you to unfreeze your credit for a project he was working on.
0: You know, that was bogus on my part, Adam, because Herb asked me to unfreeze my credit. I was the one who forgot it was unfrozen.
1: Which brings us to the problem with SNAP electronic benefit cards or SNAP EBT's.
0: That's right. They don't offer any of the protections that I use to keep my own finances safe.
2: And they provide an important lifeline for people, too.
1: And with that, welcome to What The Hack, a true cybercrime podcast. I'm Adam Levin.
2: I'm Beau Friedlander. And I'm Travis Taylor.
1: Today, we have two guests on our show. Michelle and Joy. Michelle Solomon Medeo, she's the Director of Economic Justice with the Homeless Persons Representation Project.
3: Thank you for inviting me on the show. I'm very excited to be here.
1: And Joy is a social justice advocate in Maryland who's worked on various subcommittees and task forces to help increase access to economic justice. Welcome to our show.
4: Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to come and speak with you guys.
1: Both of you have worked together on issues involving economic instability, benefits programs, and what you're here to talk about today, the scams and fraud that can take place within these programs.
4: Yes. I focus on, because I have experience with public benefits, I kind of can connect a little bit better and kind of advocate for people who, who have also been on public benefits before. Uh, SNAP, temporary cash assistance, stuff like that.
1: Michelle, can you give us a brief overview of the SNAP program?
3: SNAP, or Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, is a critical anti-hunger, anti-poverty program in this country. It's a federal program administered through states, and it provides a benefit for low-income individuals and families to be able to purchase food at grocery stores, at farmers' markets. So this is how... A lot of people in our country are able to afford food. It's a supplement, so it doesn't provide the full amount of food someone would need for a month. It's intended to supplement other income, or for some folks that we work with, it is the only benefit that a family receives. So, for example, a one-person household that has no other income, the maximum SNAP benefit is $291. So... As we know, the cost of food has only gone up in, in recent years, and that is not going to be able to cover the full month. But it is a critical benefit that is effective at reducing childhood poverty and um, helping people access adequate food in this country.
1: So, Joy, you have experience receiving SNAP benefits. What has that been like?
4: Yes, There was like a lot of delay with like the process to even get assistance. There was just so many people trying to get help that it was just like everyone was having such a hard time accessing these different things. I remember reading
0: a study that said that if, uh, living at the poverty line uh, creates a level of stress that is the equivalent of a pulling a week's worth of all-nighters. So what happens to a family when they're already struggling to make ends meet, they're not making ends meet, and they have this bureaucratic nightmare to get through? I mean, how difficult is it?
3: It should not be as difficult as it is. I tell clients all the time who thank us for the work that we do that you absolutely should not need an attorney to get food and cash assistance benefits. You should be able to walk in or go online and if you're eligible, get approved. But unfortunately, we see all sorts of issues with untimely decisions on applications. Sometimes you can do all the right things and still get your case closed out. And that's where our office comes in You know, of course, if you're eligible for food or cash benefits, by definition, you already have very
4: little to no income.
1: So, Joy, we we understand you've actually been targeted by a SNAP EBT scam. What happened?
4: Yes. So I received SNAP benefits. And just recently, I woke up one morning because I usually check my card in the morning before I go out to the grocery store. And I noticed at like 6 a.m., my money for the food was just completely gone. So I actually reached out to a number that's on my card and I kind of just let them know, you know, I, my benefit is gone, I'm not sure what happened. And they kind of made a report for me. They ended up telling me that it was from Detroit So it was completely out of state and they canceled my original card. Now, it was nice because they did reimburse it the next day. But the issue was that they had to send out a new card, which that took like two weeks. So I couldn't even use the benefit.
0: So we're here to talk about SNAP scam that's happening across the country. Is that right?
3: Yes, it's actually SNAP and cash assistance.
0: Okay. Can you tell us a little bit about what's happening?
3: Sure. I can tell you from the perspective of what we've seen in Maryland, but we know it's happening all over the country. So starting in early 2022, we started getting calls at the Homeless Persons Representation Project from people who were eligible for SNAP and cash benefits who knew their deposit was coming on a certain day and then they check their card and there's nothing there. They would go to the local Department of Social Services to find out what happened, only to find out that the department deposited the benefit on the card, and an hour or two after the deposit, it was completely wiped out. For someone who receives SNAP benefits, a a family with children, let's say, is at the grocery store in line to purchase all the food that their family would need for that week, hands over the electronic benefit transfer card or EBT card where the SNAP benefits are deposited to the cashier and the cashier says there's nothing on here. So what we came to find out is there are a lot of scams going on um, where a a very common one is card skimming and card cloning. So the EBT cards where the SNAP benefits are deposited are usually they just have the mic or the magnetic strip on the back so unlike the more advanced technology that credit cards have like a microchip the ebt card just has a magnetic strip which means a person has to actually swipe the card at a point of purchase machine or at an atm
2: all you need is the card number the expiration date and pin code to withdraw or transfer the funds on the ebt we've talked about skimmers on the show before but for our listeners who may not know
3: how do they work so, the skimming card skimming scheme that we've heard about is where bad actors will place a illegal skimming device on top of a point of purchase machine. It's almost impossible to detect, even if you know what you're looking for. You swipe your cart at the gas station, the corner store, the supermarket, and without any knowledge, your card number has now been compromised if this illegal device is on the machine. Sometimes there's hidden cameras placed nearby. And so whoever is operating these illegal devices now can actually see your PIN number after you type it in. Usually the way people find out is when they go to the grocery store and they find out from the, the register that there's nothing on their card and they can't purchase any food that month So it's the benefits for the entire month. Or if it's cash benefits, a person goes to the ATM to make a withdrawal, to pay their monthly rent, their utility bill, and the balance is zero, even though it should be the full-month deposit.
0: Do these cards have transaction alerts on them so that when a charge is made, you, uh, a, a, a text or an email is sent to the to the holder of the
2: card?
3: That In Maryland, they did not.
2: Travis, how easy is it to get a skimming machine? Skimming machines are illegal in a lot of places, but unfortunately they are not hard to get. You can just order them online pretty pretty easily from some sketchy vendors, um, some places from out of the country, but it's uh, there's a pretty low barrier to entry to getting them. So, Bo and Adam, you guys know I'm a bit of a uh, privacy geek, if you will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Yeah, totally. I I really just don't like the idea that just about anyone can find you online, can find out where you live or your email address, your phone number or anything. I just think that entire idea is super creepy. There's so much of my data already out there, but is there something that you can do? Yeah, actually, you can use Delete Me. Delete Me is a service that pretty much does the heavy lifting for you, where they go to all the data brokers that they have on file and uh, just pull your data and delete it on a regular basis. I use it.
1: I like it. And they make it quick, easy, and safe to remove your personal data online.
2: Yeah, with these data brokers, they can accumulate huge amounts of your personally identifiable information. And if all that information gets into the hands of a bad actor, that opens you up to a lot of risk. And if
0: you act now, you can get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash WTH and use promo code WTH. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeletemecom slash WTH and enter promo code WTH at checkout.
1: That's joindeletemecom slash WTH, promo code WTH, which stands for What the Hack. And we thank you for supporting Delete Me and What the Hack. So Joy,
0: while waiting for your new card, what did you have any recourse to or did you actually have to wait those 2 weeks and there was no other thing you could do?
4: Um I did go to like food pantries around. There's a bunch of them in Baltimore City. They have like churches that give out food. I mean, it's not like complete meals, but you know, they give out fruits and vegetables and bread. Something that that could work until the benefits came back in, you know, and I received my card. Do you have a family? I do. I have a seven-year-old son. It's just me and him. So
0: that's also really time-consuming, I imagine, figuring out what food banks to go to or pantries to get what you need.
4: Yeah, and because right now I'm not like driving, I'm not driving around the city right now, so I kind of have to find the ones that are close by. And that's why there's really not that many options either, because I got to go to the ones that's the closest
3: Food pantries, while they are very important, are not an adequate solution to benefit theft because just like Joy mentioned, you have to have physical access to go in person, the ability to travel, to physically pick up a a box, to bring it back. Uh, You have to have the time to do it, you know, if you're working or you are picking up your children at the school bus or any other reason and you can't be there at the specific day and specific time when they're giving out the food or maybe you're there and you're waiting in line and finally when you get to the front you're told there's nothing left also we've heard from folks that you know for cultural or religious or dietary reasons sometimes the the one-size-fits-all kind of food box is not appropriate for their family's needs.
0: The other thing about food banks and food pantries is that they are run by non-governmental agencies for the most part. They're run by churches and by other outreach groups. And as such, that is not what I would call a social safety net
1: at all. Did you think it would take two weeks when you discovered the problem?
4: Um, I did not. There is an option that you can go to a Department of Social Services building and get a vault card. I was actually going to do that, but it came right before I was going to try to go that way. And Michelle, could you explain kind of what the vault card is and how you can get it?
3: Yeah, the the vault card is just a... I think internal department term for, it's like an emergency card. If it's taking too long to get in the mail, you can pick up a physical card in person at the local department of social services. It's supposed to be that anyone who experiences theft can pick up a card if they want to anytime. But what we have seen is inconsistent applications of that policy and some people are turned away and told they need to wait at least two weeks. And if the card has not arrived in the mail, by the end of two weeks, then they can get the card.
2: Um, how hard is it to actually get into the SNAP program itself and get those benefits?
3: So because SNAP benefits are so critical, by definition, I think you have to have 130% of the federal poverty line or less in in total household income to qualify. So because you know families and individuals applying have so little resources and income when they're applying, there are federal timeliness standards. It's The department administering the benefit has to make a decision within 30 days on most applications. That is what it is supposed to take. Sometimes we do see decisions taking 60 days or more, which is, of course, unlawful. But it, it can take usually a month or more just to get approved if you're eligible. And usually, if you're eligible, you get benefits dating as of the date you apply.
1: But this is crazy. I mean, 30 days is a long time. Seven days is a long time when you have people living from paycheck to paycheck.
0: How long did it take you to get
1: SNAP benefits when you first applied?
4: I want to say about almost 30 days, not the complete 30 days, probably a little bit less than that time.
0: And during those 30 days, can you describe for me what the stress level was like waiting? I mean, that seemed, was it low? Were you in, in need at the time? What was going on?
4: At the time, I was homeless, so it was a little bit complicated, you know. And in shelters, they don't, you know, you kind of just eat what they have. And they don't really fit a lot of dietary needs as well. They kind of just give you whatever they have. There was food being provided, but I didn't, you know, me and my son, we didn't always eat. So it was kind of stressful, but, you know, we made it work
0: the the situation that makes snap cards and other kinds of cash benefits essential to some people is, is that there's inequities in, the, in in our society where it's just not that easy to make enough money to live in 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 big cities and it's further exacerbated by something like snap theft so when you were waiting for the new card you know your day-to-day life resumed tell us about the reimbursement process joy like what did you do? How did you get your money back? Was it easy? Was it hard?
4: The card has like the eight hundred number. You call them. and then I kind of just explained to them that I woke up and the benefits were gone by like six a m. And they ended up telling me, you know the the money was taken in Detroit. Like I said before, they did end up reimbursing me like the next day. but Because I didn't have, like, the new card information, the card wasn't activated, so it wasn't like I could use it virtually or anything. So it was kind of like just a waiting game until the the new card came in.
2: It seems like a a big part of the problem here is how the uh, SNAP benefits are being administered. Is there a better way to do it?
4: It would be nice if they could put a little more security on the cards, like just how with bank cards, we can lock them now, you know, from our phones and stuff. And they didn't give me any notification that the money was taken until I went into the app. There is an app for you to be able to keep track of your benefits, like when they come in, but it didn't like give me any notification that a transaction was made until I actually physically went into the app. It. I just think they should up on the security a little bit more, maybe making it so we can lock our cards so it would be harder for them to pull, but I don't know how that process would work.
1: So when someone's been a victim of this type of scam, what's the Maryland Department of Human Services doing to address the entire issue of reimbursement?
3: So it's great to hear that, you know, Joy received reimbursement a day after the benefits were compromised and stolen, even though she was not able to spend it due to the in access to a new card. The fact that Maryland is now replacing stolen benefits is huge. And it's the result of a, a big collaboration in writing a, a law that our governor signed. So, back when, you know, benefit theft was on the rise in Maryland, at that time, the Maryland Department of Human Services was not replacing stolen benefits. It was awful. The harm that was caused, you know, lack of food and food insecurity just affects everything. So if you don't have enough food, you can't eat. If you can't eat, how do you show up to work? How do you show up to school and learn? At the time, victims of benefit theft had nowhere to turn. They would go to the department was saying, well, we aren't reimbursing. So people would have to wait the entire month without food, without cash, and just wait until their next month's deposit and hope that those benefits were not compromised. And we did work with some clients who had despite getting a new EBT card, experienced theft multiple times, in part due to never finding out which machines are compromised, people that we worked with began experiencing evictions. You don't have income, you can't pay your rent, so you get an eviction notice, or you can't pay your utility bills, you get an energy shutoff notice. Even if one day you can catch up and pay back some of the, the back bills that are piling up, you now have late fees. It's, you know, it's impossible to fully recover when you've experienced this kind of theft. And it's also just an immeasurable impact on your health. You know, there are short-term and long-term detrimental consequences to food insecurity. There's also the mental health component, the anxiety and stress of not knowing where your next meal will come from, I worked with countless parents who skipped meals just so they could make sure that their kids ate food that day. The harm was just immeasurable. And so advocates collaborated with people with lived experience of benefit theft and lawmakers in Maryland last year around drafting a law that would require Maryland to reimburse benefits anytime they're stolen. So this is food and cash benefits. It requires them to be replaced very shortly after the report is made. It's a great law, and, you know, we know it's working. To date, over $20 million of stolen food and cash benefits have been replaced over 31,000 households in Maryland. Maryland is a small state compared to the rest of the country, so, I, you know, it's very curious to know the extent of this problem on a national level.
0: So, Travis... You are a person who likes facts and figures, and I am guessing you already have a few at your fingertips. Um, Snap fraud. This sounds expensive, not just expensive um, in some weird, you know, conservative political sense, but actually fiscally expensive
2: for the government. Snap fraud eats up 20 percent of the uh, benefits that are given. So a fifth, of the, a fifth of the benefits, at some point, we
0: know in the history of fraud, when it starts to cost institutions enough money, there's a tipping point, and then there's solutions put in place. And I think that what I'm hearing is we're starting to hit that tipping point. And I think Joy's idea is the right one. Have snap cards work the same way as a bank card. You can turn a bank card off. You can notify... The bank, when you think that a card has been compromised, you can get transaction alerts. If those things are in place, it's a heck of a lot
1: harder to steal the funds. No, and and there should be an automatic requirement for, at the very least, transaction alerts. Because if you don't know, you can't do anything about it.
0: Well, and I also like Joy's specific idea of being able to lock the card. Because if you can lock the card, you keep it locked until you get to the store.
2: Problem solved.
3: Maryland did introduce the card lock feature in in July, but we are still continuing to see snap and cash theft continue on the rise in Maryland. We don't have chipped cards. I think that's a big one. I don't think any state has the chip. I know it won't reduce theft completely, but certainly probably would reduce uh, a a lot of it.
0: You know, I'll point to something, you know, the locks are new. And when seatbelts were new and you had to use them because that was the law and it wasn't just optional, it took a while for for the accident figures to reflect that change. And I think it's probably the same with this. The fact that people can lock the cards may not be as widely known as it should be because it costs money, again, to make something widely known. You have to pay a comms professional to get the word out, to do a campaign. And so, you know, if your goal is to get as many dollars into the right hands as possible, you don't want to spend a ton of money on outreach to make sure people know how to use their cards. But if you're losing a fifth of your budget every year on fraud, you have to count the beans and figure out what's more cost effective. And so I do think... That's, a, that's That's part of what we're looking at here. But
1: the bottom line with all of this is when the government enacts a program, state, federal, you need to think about all of the security measures that should be in place to make sure that people aren't stealing stuff. And the fact that we have so much fraud and so many scams going on, it's one of those things where why wouldn't they do it? Why wouldn't they? Why shouldn't they? And why haven't they done it?
3: Anyone who's experienced a a fraudulent charge on their credit card knows that, you know, almost instantly when you call the card company and report it without question, you get apologies and that money back so that the amount of harm you suffer as a result is minimized. We don't have those same protections on on the EBT card.
2: One thing I think people overlook a lot of the time, too, is that food assistance actually does work as an economic stimulus. Uh, there was another study that came out and said that for every dollar you're providing in that, it generates a dollar thirty for the economy. Um, so it's in our best interest to make sure that these programs are accessible and also secure.
3: It is a racial justice issue as well, because we know that In this country, Black and Latino households disproportionately experience food insecurity due to systemic barriers and inequalities. So we really would like to see federal response. I think it's both a federal and state response to the the rise of benefit theft.
1: and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate.
2: That's ro.co slash A-D-A-M.
0: Whenever I go to an ATM or anywhere that requires my PIN code in addition to a credit card or a debit card, I do something that probably looks very strange. I cover the pad with one hand and I take my other hand and I put it down like this so you can't tell which finger I'm using and then I go like this and I use different fingers to hit the four buttons because I do not want it recorded because I'm aware of the fact that a lot of these skimming machines rely on a camera. So I'm actually behaving as though someone's looking over my shoulder at all times and the reason I'm doing that is because studies have shown there might be somebody looking.
1: That's why the default mechanism should be one that helps protect the user as opposed to the user having to do something affirmatively in order to protect themselves.
0: I think the government surely needs to do better here. But since we know this is a threat that a lot of people face, a lot of people need to learn what is out there to protect them and best practices for keeping as safe as possible in a fairly robust threat environment.
1: first of all we'd like to thank you joy for sharing your story with us and the more that people talk about this the more that the stigma around benefits programs and being scammed the more change that we can see and michelle thank you for the work that that you're doing and hopefully we can see more states make similar changes to prevent these benefit scams.
3: Thank you for having me. This is clearly an issue I care deeply about and really appreciate this platform to talk about and raise public awareness. Thank you for focusing on this on your show.
1: If people want to learn more about what you do or where to find you, where is the best place for them to go?
3: You could check out the website, Homeless Persons Representation Project. It's www.hprplaw.org. Um, Also, if you feel compelled to action from listening to this podcast, it'd be great if you could call your elected officials, state and federal. Let them know that SNAP and TANF are important anti-poverty, anti-hunger programs that we must continue funding and we must reimburse benefits when they're stolen at the federal level, we must continue federal replacement of SNAP benefits. There needs to be more federal support for states to be able to strengthen the security of the cards. So this is, you know, lawmakers want to respond to constituents. And if you call them and let them know this is something that's important to you, I think it will be well received.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you.
1: And now it's time for the tinfoil swan. Our paranoid takeaway to keep you safe on and offline.
2: So I was just reading the news that Reddit made a deal to supply Google's AI with their user content.
1: Where'd you read about that, Travis? Um, on Reddit. (laughs) Well, tell our listeners what Reddit, for those who have been living under a bottle cap somewhere on the bottom of Lude Lake, tell them what it is. Sure. So uh, Reddit
0: is a social media site where people share content and then vote it up or down and comment. And it can be pretty intense,
2: especially in the subreddits where they're focused on politics, advice or local news. It launched the year after Facebook. So there's almost two decades worth of content at this point. Yeah. AI companies have already scraped the web and Wikipedia for
1: content and social media networks.
2: Yeah. And selling and hoarding your data is nothing new, unfortunately. Just look at Meta. Right, but at this point Mark Zuckerberg has appeared before Congress, like, multiple times. Uh, Meta's data collection policies are pretty well known. Reddit has a lot of smaller, more private communities for help with mental health, substance abuse, you name it. People share extremely intimate stories and had no idea that it was going to get vacuumed up when they posted. Yeah, it's another data grab. Well, there are members-only subreddits, direct messages, are those going to be part of this? We just don't know how it'll be utilized or how or when it'll be publicly viewable.
1: And the larger point here is the same one we've been making all along. If it's free, you're the product. Yeah, well, actually it's
0: more like if it's free, you're an unwitting employee.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Or just because a company says in its privacy policy that it won't share your data, they can still change that policy. And that's
1: our tinfoil swan.
2: What the Hack with Adam Levin is a production of Loud Tree Media. You can find us online at adamlevin.com and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Adam K. Levin.